Merkel Media. Hey everyone, before we get to this week's show, I got to talk to you about something I forgot to do last week, and it's a big fail on my part because it is time sensitive. Merkle Media came out with a kids' coloring book called Crypto Color, a cryptozoology coloring book for kids. That's right, we have that available right now. The links are in the description of this episode. Mainly, if you order it off Amazon, it should get to you before Christmas. So if you're looking for last minute gift ideas, stocking stuffers for your kids, grandkids, nieces, nephews, that weird kid down the street, all of them would enjoy this book. So go ahead and check it out. Links are in the description of this episode. And if you want a signed copy, it will not get to you before Christmas, but it is available. All you got to do is go to the link in the description for Merkle Media. The signed copy will be available for purchase on the website, Merkle.media. All right, let's get to this week's show. This was all circulating around the base that a giant had been killed, but no one was supposed to talk about it. I saw three long bony fingers reach up underneath the door, curl up to grab it, and then disappear. When he came over to me, dude, he slithered over to me. And this giant comes out of the cave, and they're all frozen. And he starts running and firing at this giant. But the giant moves. He's got a spear in one hand, and he's running really fast, and spears... Dan holds him up like this. Somebody else, shoot him in the face, shoot him in the face. They basically decapitate him. Got closer, got closer, got closer. When he got about 15 yards away from me, I raised that 12 gauge and I blowed his head off. I feel something pulling at my leg. And I look over and there are two small gray entities pulling at me. And they're literally, I'm getting pulled off the bed. Reached my hand into this bush and I touch air. Couldn't breathe and I couldn't move because I know I'm seeing a monster. Yeah. Welcome to the show, everybody. You're listening to The Confessionals. I'm your host, Tony Merkel. Thanks for being here. If you have a crazy, wild experience you want to share with me on the show, go ahead and shoot me an email. My email address is theconfessionals at theconfessionalspodcast.com. That's theconfessionals at theconfessionalspodcast.com. Or go to the website, theconfessionalspodcast.com. Hit the contact section and you can reach me that way as well. Either way works for me, just get a hold of me. If you want more shows on a weekly basis, if you want ad-free listening and access to overtime segments, you got to become a member to theconfessionalspodcast.com. Just go there, hit the join button, become a member. You get access to all those goodies on the website and the Castos app. So if that interests you, go there today. I'll see you on the other side. Hey, friends, listen, Expedition Dogman is available on Amazon Prime and Tubi, and it's available in the links of the description below. Go ahead and check it out if you haven't seen Expedition Dogman. Man, yet we are in production of our second film and we're working on booking the location for the third film. We are doing this, friends, and it's because you guys are here listening to this show and wanting more content. We have spent years listening to stories and now we're trying to bring those stories to life, going to the scene, investigating the scene, and it's all because you guys want more. We're giving you more, baby. So thanks for being here. Thanks for being here on the ride. All right. Today, we actually have 
our technical Christmas show. I might be here showing up for you guys on Christmas Day, but I'm not sure yet because the idea I have is going to take a lot of production. And this week specifically, I am really crammed with the family time. So I might be here on Christmas Day. I may not be, but I do got a Christmas show for you right now because we have Brett coming on the show. And Brett was supposed to be the Christmas Day show last year, but I couldn't remember his name. I had him in my archive, but I couldn't remember his name. I couldn't find the show to put it out for you guys. And I wanted to be on Christmas Day because Brett is a 40-year-old man with kids and he believes in Santa Claus because he saw Santa when he was a kid and he stands by it. He also talks about his paranormal experiences, walking in on his sister doing a Ouija board, some divine experiences, but he also talks about coming across a cattle mutilation site in Colorado. And let me tell you, friends, cattle mutilations, I'm learning more and more, may not be exactly what you think they are. We don't cover it on this episode because I came across new information recently, but I'm just telling you, cattle mutilations, very interested in that topic right now. All right, let's get to this Christmas episode right now with Brett, who saw Santa, believes in Santa, and all his other paranormal experiences. Let's go. All right, today we got Brett on the show. Brett, what's going on, man? Hey, how's it going, Tony? Man, things are going good. Uh, dude, man, listen, you have uh, different experiences, man. Like, so some of this stuff is uh, Ouija board related, cattle mutilations, hauntings, angels, challenging God, and my favorite, you've seen Santa. I want to hear about that too. So I told you, I told you before we started, I said, you're probably the first adult I've ever met that actually believes in Santa Claus. And I'm interested to hear about it. So, <laughs> Yes, sir. Kind of a bizarre thing for sure. Yeah, for sure, man. I, I just think it's interesting because I, I, I've never had an email like that before. I was like, oh, that's interesting. So I think I was five or six and uh, my brother and I, we were sharing a room. My parents had a, had a four bedroom house at the time. But all of us lived upstairs and it was a, a traditional 60s house. So the bedrooms were very close by. They weren't big bedrooms, nothing like that. But my brother and I, we were sharing this room and it was Christmas Eve. And as all kids are on Christmas Eve, I couldn't sleep. I was super excited. I was like, oh, yeah, man, Santa Claus is coming tonight. And... I was like, oh, well, you know, I can't like calm down and I can't settle myself out. So I climbed on my brother's bed and I was looking out of our back window, which faced north west. And I was just looking, I was literally looking for the star of Bethlehem, which, you know, obviously isn't a thing now, <laughs> but I didn't know that as a kid, right? Um, I was just anticipating looking for a bright star in the sky. And I look out there and it being Christmas Eve. And I kind of did a double take because I saw a sleigh and I saw it, it's in profile, right? Um, so from my perspective, it was a sleigh and somebody in it and four reindeer that were going across sky and i just my jaw hit my brother's bed essentially this holy cow that's insane and it went out of view across the sky 
And I ran into my parents' room to tell them I had just seen Santa Claus. My mom was, she was up uh, smoking a cigarette. Normally, that was that was the go-to. And so, mom, I just saw Santa. I just saw Santa Claus. She's like, yeah, yeah, that's, you know, that's good. Go to sleep or you will get presents. Oh, uh, uh, okay. But mom, like, really, I literally, literally just saw Santa Claus. No, no, I, I, that's good. Awesome. I'm glad you saw him. Cool. Go to sleep. And I just kind of dropped there and well, I guess I'll go back to sleep. But I, I have not met another human being that's had that experience. And it was fleeting and it was just bizarre. But it opened up a, the potential, I guess, for things that are possible. Does that make sense? Yeah, like the what if in life. I mean, it kind of opened your mind up to if this is possible, what else is possible? For sure. And at that point, I was, I was young enough that I was, no matter what, I was... I was all in on Santa anyway, but after that, I was still all in on Santa. Now, whether or not, you know, whoever delivers the presents under the tree kind of thing, but dude, it, it just blew my hair back. I, I got nothing on it. I can't explain it. Um, there wasn't like a weird decal on my, on our window in the bedroom. There wasn't some weirdness to that. There was nothing that could make that shape or outline or, or make it move across the sky like it did. It just was. And I kind of just accepted that as a go point. Yeah. Well, I mean, so what are, you, what are your thoughts on Santa Claus now as an adult? I mean, uh, anybody who is listening right now and maybe they're listening with their kids that they may not want to hear certain things. This is my delay in conversation for you to stop the show, maybe escort yeah, the absolutely. kids out of the yes. room. Uh, <laughs> right, you know, right. <laughs> just tell the kids to go have some ice cream, Oreos, you know, we're just delaying right now. Uh, I think I've given you enough time to pause it at least. So as an adult, what are your thoughts on Santa Claus knowing that you have kids yourself, you're married, uh, you know you go Christmas shopping every year. You know you put gifts underneath the tree. Uh, all that kind of stuff. What What are your thoughts on Santa Claus? Being that you kn- you know what you saw as a kid, but you mm. also know what you know as an adult. Yeah, that's a good question. I don't know how to justify it because, like you said, as I mean, as an adult, you know uh, where the presents come from and and who puts them under the tree and how you address that as a parent and the the things that you go through and the rigmarole of shopping. And I, I don't know. I really just don't have an answer for it. I don't, I wish I did. I wish I knew, but it was just such a bizarre anomaly that you're like, man, what was that? And, but there's only one thing that, I know of that rides in a sleigh and has reindeer pulling it across the sky on Christmas Eve. You right. know? <laughs> so, yeah. And, and that's the thing. I mean, it, it's, it's hard to almost quantify in your own head, knowing what you saw as a kid, believing what you saw as a kid, but also knowing, you know, you buy your kids gift, gifts for Christmas and every year you guys unwrap Christmas presents 
and it's always the presents you bought. <laughs> so it's like, yes, uh, you know what? Like I, I, I hate to to even say this because I, I don't know. I don't know how it would come across, not not to you because I'm not worried about that, but even just to the listening audience. But um, like, is it possible that what you saw was an apparition of some kind, like on a spiritual level? You know what I'm saying? Like, because I just I mean, absolutely possible, man. I I don't know. I mean, that's why knowing knowing that we know actually very little about the world we live in, which is kind of a a large statement to make, but not inaccurate. Seeing that compared to what some of the people on your show have, have stated and seen and been through and lived through. I mean, that's not even that big of a deal, but it's, right. it's just such a bizarre incident that, uh, I mean, where did that even, where did the, the Santa Claus tradition even really start from? I mean, you can look back on, on text and history and, oh yeah. So, you know, supposedly a, a Nordic tradition. Okay. Well, where did that start from? You know, my, my grandpa was, and this is kind of a weird story side, side note, I guess. Um, so not my grandpa, but my great grandpa, my, my great grandpa grew up in Sweden and one day he was, he was walking home from school. And he got treed by a moose. Like a moose charged him, a bull moose, and he climbed up the tree. And as the story goes, again, not there, can't verify any of this, but as the story goes, the Tuntugubans, which are like Swedish elf folk, came out and got the moose away from the tree so he could get home. So we know very little about what our existence is and how deep it goes. I don't, I have no idea. Yeah. I mean, I can't even fathom what it was and could it have been a spiritual thing? Absolutely. For sure. Yeah. And, and, and that's the thing, man, like it, it's just, it's bizarre to even consider, you know, being, knowing what we know as adults and stuff, but knowing what you saw, it's just like, man, like what, what could that have been? Uh, and you know, it is like, is i mean i don't know i mean do you is it possible that you what you saw was santa the guy who lives at the north pole or is it something totally different like you said you're talking about the origins and traditions and where things come from i mean who freaking knows right yeah absolutely who knows i just know what i saw and and even as a as an adult male now with kids of my own i still stand by exactly what i saw is i know what i saw so do you tell people this around Christmas time? Like if you're at like a company Christmas party or something, you tell people about this story at all? <laughs> Only if I'm wearing a crazy sweater. <laughs> or you had a little too much to drink. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Hit the eggnog a little hard. Nah, um, I'm not, I'm not overly shy about it. It's not a, a thing that I would ever pull back. I mean, I, I've told my son and my daughter before, and obviously my wife knows too. Because it was just such a weird thing. I mean, I don't know many people. I don't know. Actually, I don't know anyone. They can say, oh, yeah, I've seen Santa Claus. But I actually have seen Santa Claus. It's a bizarre thing. What it was, I don't know. So here's the coolest thing about this. 
you can literally look at your kids as children with a straight face and said, kids, I saw Santa Claus. And you, you're not lying yes, to your kids. <laughs> you're telling nope. your kids you <laughs> saw Santa Claus. Like your kids are, are, have such a unique, fun dad around Christmas time. That's, that's, that's cool. <laughs> that's cool. Nice. Yes, sir. Yeah, man. That's cool, man. Listen, I, I literally just made the decision. <laughs> this is going to be my Christmas day episode because of this story. So oh, nice. uh, yeah, Dude, that's cool. <laughs> yeah. I mean, shoot, man, you, you saw, you saw Santa Claus in the sleigh last year. We had, uh, Rachel on the show who was almost abducted by a guy who looked like Santa Claus. So, <laughs> Oh dude, that was a crazy podcast. Yeah. Yeah. That episode was insane, man. I, I was on the edge of my seat the whole time. I, tell, tell me about it. When I was sitting there, I was like, holy crap, holy crap. You know, I was like, you know, when she, when she said he looked like a dirty Santa Claus, that's when I was like, I know what I'm calling the show. Yep. Dirty Santa. You dirty. <laughs> so, yes, sir. <laughs> perfect perfect so yeah that was that was a bizarre thing man and um one of the one of the other people that i turned on your podcast was my sister and it was because of the episode of being dragged down the hallway yeah, right? yeah. melissa yeah Mel- melissa she she had quite the experience i mean when people ask and literally just today i was doing a live on youtube where i was just like doing a live ask me anything on youtube and somebody asked me like what episode gave you the most creeped out feeling and i said episode 175 it dragged me down the hallway i'll never forget that episode it was the first time that i was like sitting there thinking holy crap i mean this thing literally drug her out of her bed down the hallway into the living room and like her whole story was just jaw dropping man and then from her story I had another lady named Liz, Lindsay on the show who described her paranormal experiences and how before it would kick in, she started hearing a windmill sound just like Melissa said that she heard. And then I had somebody recently email me saying, I forget, like, I think it was that one of their relatives had this bizarre experience and the wind sound came into effect. And I, I told, they're like, did you ever hear anything like this? I'm like, yes. And I sent them the, the, the interviews that I did with it on. And I'm like, please, like, I want to know what's going on. I haven't heard back. And I really hope that they're listening right now. And and they're like, oh yeah, I haven't emailed them back because I really want to know what happened, you know? Cause it's just, it's, and that's what really gets me like above, above all things. Like I know the show is about sharing people's experiences with paranormal, seeing Bigfoot, dog, man, abductions, all that. Right. But the thing that gets me most excited about the show these days is when I hear connections between people's stories like you know is that somebody has a paranormal experience and there's a small feature like a windmill sound that's popping up in other people's stories it's like oh that is interesting to me <laughs> like I'm like okay what's going on here you know I don't think reality is what they told me it is listening to this Gerber Life Guaranteed Life Insurance Sponsorship ad, there's a good chance that you're alive. And if you're not, well, this may not be of interest to you. Now, I know what you're thinking. Life insurance? I'm going to live forever. That is what happens to other people. Well, for the sake of argument, let's assume you're wrong and that someday you won't be listening to podcasts anymore. I know it's not easy to talk about, so I'll do the talking. If you're 50 plus and alive or 50 to 75 in New York, you can apply for Gerber Life Guaranteed Life Insurance with guaranteed acceptance regardless of your health. 
And since this life insurance is guaranteed, you don't have to get a medical exam. In fact, you don't even have to fill out a health questionnaire. For a free quote, just visit GerberLifeFamily.com. Then when you stop, I mean, if you stop listening to podcasts, your family can use the insurance money to help cover your financial expenses or anything else. Your kids already inherited your ears, allergies, and questionable singing voice. Don't make them inherit your final expenses too. See website for terms and restrictions. My sister was in the basement, and I guess she was... My dad had built this bookshelf. And I guess a little backstory on the house is, is kind of peculiar, too. Is It's not an old house. It was built in the early 70s, late 60s, early 70s, something like that. But the area that it's built on used to be an airfield during World War II. And before that, the whole area was an old train station. And so God only knows what has happened in in that area but she was she was downstairs in the basement and we're in colorado so basements are, are pretty normal here and she was looking on the on the bookshelf for a book and something grabbed her legs and started dragging her towards eventually what ended up being my bedroom when i was a teenager wow <laughs> so yeah uh just and she swears up and down left and right about this and and she went upstairs screaming crying obviously you know terrified I, she might have been four or five at the time i think and told my mom and my mom was like oh yeah it might have been just gravity you know i don't i don't know what other excuse you could give uh you're certainly probably not going to tell your child oh yeah it was a ghost just trying to take you into a bedroom or an entity you know i mean that's you would probably try to explained it away but the fact remains you know she was taken off of her feet and drugged to a bedroom and then finally shook it off enough i guess to get away and ran up the stairs but our whole i have a younger brother and an older sister and all of us have had experiences in that basement in the house really but mostly it's it's centralized to the the basement area so uh, I mean, growing up, every time you were at the bottom of the stairs, if you started walking up, you felt this this presence behind you going up the stairs. And it would kind of motivate you to, you know, <laughs> move your feet faster. Just a, a weird feeling. I, I don't know how to describe it, but it was a like a feeling of dread. Something was was going to overtake you. And it was sinister in nature, something you did not want to happen. And so, I mean, I had sleep paralysis twice in my life, and it was both times in that basement where you you think you wake up, or at least I thought I woke up, and I'm not able to really look around. And one of the times, I, I imagined that my mom had come in and she was doing laundry, but I, I had been doing my laundry, my own laundry for years at this point. You know, like at 10, my mom was like, yeah, you're on your own. Do it yourself, which is good. Um, but I imagine that she had come in and she was trying to talk to me and I was trying to talk to her, but I couldn't make any sounds with my mouth. I couldn't put any words together and I was pinned down and she left and I was kind of 
screaming inside myself in a weird way. Like, I just, I don't know what it was. I, sleep paralysis describes it exactly, but there was nothing else to it besides that. And the, the other time was similar to that also, where you're just helpless. Uh, I was pinned down uh, to a couch watching static on the TV, and there's nothing I could do. There's just nothing. Can't move, can't scream, can't get away. And then eventually you just kind of come to or wake up and like, wow, that was a really, really bizarre occurrence. What was the static about? I mean, is that, was that something normal or was that like part of this experience? Yeah, no, just the static on the TV. It was like snow. Um, I, you know how like, uh, when TV stations would go off air, they don't do that anymore. But when right. they used to, you'd have the, or you had a, like a bad coaxial connection and it would, it was just that on the TV. And all of a sudden my right arm was pinned down. My left arm got pinned down and then both my legs were pinned down. And I was sitting there on the couch looking at the TV. I couldn't see anything, but I couldn't move. But what was the static something that was normal as far as like, you know, the station you had just gone off air and that's why it was static. Or are we talking about like, you know, you, you, that there wasn't a reason for there to be static on the TV yet. There was during this experience. The second, there wasn't a reason for there to be static on the TV, but there was. Gotcha. So, yeah. So that's bizarre. That's bizarre. Yeah. Yeah. And, and as a, cause both of those happened when I was a, a teenager. And so, having those experiences in that basement with that kind of a, a situation just, I mean, made you more than terrified, you know? Yeah, no, I, I totally get it. And so you're a teenager when these things happen. Uh, so, I mean, you, you, you know what the TV schedule thing is and all that. And with the static popping up, it, 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 that's something that's just sticking out to me. And I, and I don't know exactly why, uh, Maybe, maybe subconsciously, I've heard something on the show before. Maybe the listeners are listening, like, "Yeah, it's from episode, you know, thirty-six, you know." Right. But, um, <laughs> but I can tell you one thing, man. I, I've had my own experience with a a dream that had a static man come at me in my house. Whoa! And I, I always, really? yeah, I always describe it as he was tall, very tall. If people want, they can go on the YouTube channel and. I posted a video recently. Now I'm recording this in what? This is uh, August 9th of 2021. Uh, but if if you go on the YouTube channel and look for that date around that time, uh, I just posted a video of my house because there's some bizarre things happening around my house. And I tell this story on that video. Yes. Um, but this this gigantic, it was a very real dream. Like it's very real. Like, I, like I've said before on the show, I don't remember my dreams, only the bad ones. And this, yeah, right. this thing, I was sleeping in my living room for real. Like I was literally in my living room sleeping and I was dreaming that I was laying on my couch, which I was, and this like static man came marching up the stairs of my basement, busts the door open to my kitchen, comes around the corner. And that's when I wake up, I jump off the couch, like ready to fight. Cause I'm like, what the heck? But this thing was like almost as tall as a ceiling ceiling. It was made of, made of complete TV looking static. Very bizarre. Wow. Very bizarre. That's insane. 
Yeah. What did you What did you do after that? Like, I mean, I went back to sleep. How did you get back to? <laughs> <laughs> I had to work the next day. I <laughs> uh, gotcha. Yeah, no, I, I, I mean, I shook it off. I just kind of stood in the middle of the living room, just like, what the heck was that? And uh, you know, I, I turned the lights on and I slept with the lights on for sure. But uh, yeah, I mean, I went back to sleep, and uh, I, I, I'll never forget that one. That was a weird one for sure. But um. Yeah, I mean, so maybe that's why it's sticking out in my head with your experience because of the static and then the paranormal ex- or the uh, par- sleep paralysis along with that static on the TV it has a very like ring vibe to it. Yeah, it does. Yeah, for certain. Uh, so the basement. Your sister had that experience. Had that experience in the basement when she was what you said like four. I think I think she was four or five. Yeah. Okay. And outside, yeah, it was this, kind of a. Go ahead. No, I just that was always kind of the the norm, at least in our family, was like the basement was just kind of a weird place. Uh, I will note that all of the experiences that I'd had there and bad feelings when I got saved, they stopped. They just stopped, and I thought that was peculiar, also. Yeah, it's interesting. Let me ask you this. So, yeah, man. So you you had the sleep paralysis in the basement twice. Your sister had that experience. Did you, your sister, or anybody in your house have any other uh, tangible experiences outside of feelings? Yeah. So my sister and her best friend, they liked to dabble in the occult when they were younger, um, yeah, as in Ouija boards. And they had a uh, a Milton Bradley Ouija board, right? I mean, not not one of the cool old ones that's handmade or carved or, or artistic, if you will. Just a normal, everyday, something you can still probably buy at Walmart. But I remember walking down into what would eventually be my room when they were playing in there with candles. And the feeling in that room was enough to make me run up the stairs. I think I was probably seven or eight, but I just opened the door and the feeling like the atmosphere in that room was different. It was heavy. And I realized later, um, after talking with Janelle, I'm sorry, my sister, that they'd had an encounter that night where something was typing on the typewriter in that room. My parents had run their own business for a long time. And before the great computer push, they'd bought a a fairly nice typewriter. It wasn't one of the old, nice, cool ones, you know, but it was one that was efficient enough to type up receipts or bills. If you, if you will. And it was trying to type something on that typewriter at night. And after that night, they decided that they weren't going to mess with it anymore. I'm not sure what door that they opened or what they'd invited in, but it seemed like activity in the house picked up significantly after that. And that was when she was, what, a teenager? She was probably 12, 13. Okay, so she had had that experience in the basement when she was four or five before that. Yes. Yes. Gotcha. Okay. I'm just trying to pick, paint the picture here and understand the timeline of yes, things. Sir. That's interesting. So, I mean, it sounds like maybe uh, 
at least from her perspective, her what she did maybe was an amplifier to what was already going on in the house? I would think so. Yeah, I don't I don't see where any of that occult activity ever benefits people. It's it's fun until a point, but that doesn't make it less real. And it was it was real. They they had several occurrences down there and then after my sister had moved out, my mom and my sister kind of battled a little bit once my sister was old enough to drive and have her own job. So she decided that it was probably a good idea to get emancipated and, and bounce. So she did that. But once she bounced, the activity in the basement didn't stop. And so me being the other occupant in the basement, in the other room, uh, her bedroom had French doors on it, paneled. You know what I'm talking about? The, the double doors and they're yeah. all glass paneled, like eight by whatever. There would be nights where I would wake up and something would be tapping on the glass. Like, and one of the nights I got up and the Ouija board was out on her bed. And she hadn't been there in months. And I certainly wasn't messing with that. That's not, I mean, I learned enough to know not to do that. Where, where spirituality is concerned. I mean, it's, it's a very real war that's going on. And I, I didn't want any part of that, but walking into the bedroom after hearing taps and that, that was a couple of times where I heard taps, but there was only one night where I got up, turned on the light and the Ouija board was sitting on like square on her bed. And so I walk in and the only Bible I had at the time was a, a precious moments Bible, right? Like the, the real cutie one for the kids one that's yeah for kids that's the only one i have at the time and so i set that on top of there and i went back to bed and then the next day my mom was like yeah hey i I'm, i saw that there was a bible on top of that ouija board I said yeah we had a little bit of an incident the other night and she said all right well i'll throw it away so she threw it away but I think it was like a month later it came back. No, it didn't. Dude, I, and I, yeah, it did. I, I didn't toss it, but I know she did. And then I was like, okay, that's, that's really not okay. That's not all right. It doesn't belong here. It's got to go. So she threw it out again and it didn't come back the second time, but it did come back once. Wow. Wow. Yeah, that's trippy, man. That's freaking trippy. Holy it's crap. It's weird, right? Like it's that's not supposed to happen. You throw something out, it goes bye bye. But it it didn't. It found its way back in. Now I I can't say that you know, maybe my brother didn't forge it out of the trash and throw it back in the I don't know. But I don't think so. And he's never said that he did. Do you guys talk about this amongst yourselves as adults and stuff about some of the weird things that happened at the house? We do. Yeah. Uh, my sister and I, we've had, we've encountered several different experiences together and my brother and I, we, we talk, but we don't talk a lot. He's, which is weird because my sister's in Florida and my brother's local. Like he's in the same town that I am, but we just have very different 
opinions on things and ideologies. So I don't talk to him nearly as much as I talk to my sister. So, uh, well, actually, before we, we go any further, uh, what's that beeping noise in the background? Oh, I'm sorry. That's uh, the baby monitor. I don't know. Oh, it's- okay. So it's probably like a <laughs> battery or something. Got it. I'm, yeah. Th- yeah. That's, hey, listen, you keep that thing beeping, okay? Because we, <laughs> from one parent to another, we live by the baby monitor. So <laughs> we, we do. We absolutely live and die by the baby monitor. That's, yeah. yeah. So let me ask you uh, about your sister. Uh, you mentioned that you guys went some, went through some things together. Is that recent or is that was that in the house too? And what was it? Okay, so that was, uh, we we both saw, we were driving, so I was raised Catholic. Um, and I was on my way to catechism, so I was not old enough to drive. And my sister was driving me and we, we saw a UFO together. And that was, that was bizarro. We were driving by a, a golf course on our way to this Catholic church where the, the catechism classes were being held. And as we're driving, we both, I don't know why, but it, I mean, one of those synchronicity things, I suppose, but we both just look over and there's this giant black vessel in the sky flying and it's essentially pacing us or, or traffic and as soon as we get past the golf course it's just gone it's just gone vanished when you say vessel what do you mean by that I mean describe what you were looking at so it was it was triangular in its in its shape and form but I don't know how big it was because I don't know how close it was because it was that dark it was you know how how in some of the podcasts or the interviews that you've had with other people where they're saying something is is darker than black yeah where it stands out against the blackness well that's that's kind of how this was it was so dark that the sky around it seemed illuminated so you could see it but as soon as we as soon as we hit the next busy intersection it was just gone vanished that's interesting. That's interesting. Uh, now, when you say triangle, I mean, so when people say triangle, I, I picture two different things. I picture a triangle, like a flat triangle, something flying, but I also can picture like a triangle, like a pyramid. I mean, which I, I've i seen plenty of video of these pyramid UFOs popping up right. over government buildings and things like that. So yes, <laughs> it, I do. Yeah. I mean, are we talking about a pyramid or, or like a flat flying triangle? From our perspective in the car, it looked flat, but I don't know because it was, it was, I guess it was in our perspective, it was close enough to only be able to see the bottom of it. And I don't know if there was more above it, if that makes sense. No, it does make sense. It absolutely makes sense. And uh, it's one of those things where I I do find, I I, honestly, I wish I could see a a pyramid shaped UFO one day. I mean, I've seen it on video. I actually have a video. I keep talking about the YouTube channel, but I have a video on the YouTube channel where I, I, I kind of compiled these these pyramid UFOs popping up, and I actually interviewed a yeah. guy who who filmed one of them, and uh, he was in I think Arlington Cemetery that night doing photography when he oh, wow. when he filmed it, and then the same night I had video of like guys in a car driving by the Pentagon filming this triangle UFO rotating over the Pentagon, and so two different people. Mm-hmm. 
Actually, it was three different camera angles I had, but I, two that I remember. Yeah, I saw that one. That was crazy. Yeah, and and like that was crazy, crazy. And I talked to the one guy from Arlington Cemetery, and and he was like, "It was bizarre, man." And so, and I don't know if it was if it was a UFO, if it was a hologram, because we just had, um, I think it was earlier, late last year or earlier this year, they. They were they were uh, projecting a hologram of AOC over the Capitol building where she was crying at the fence at the southern border. They literally did that. They like like they they projected a hologram over the Capitol building of AOC. And so knowing they did that this wow. year or late last year, just a couple years ago, they surely could have projected a rotating hologram of a pyramid UFO over the Pentagon. And knowing what we know now about what they're saying about UFOs in our government, starting back in 2017, when they started talking about openly, which everybody just glossed right. over, nobody even talked about back then, but they, they, came, <laughs> right. they came out and said those things back in 2017. It makes me wonder if they've been programming people, and this is one way they've been doing it, where they, they actually project holograms in the sky of these, these crafts. I, yeah. I mean, I, wow. I don't know. I know that I, I recently saw, I, and again, not trying to get you kicked off YouTube or whatever. Tread lightly, um, tread lightly. I, I, <laughs> I'll try, I'll try, I'll try. But it was a, it was a video of the, the planes at 9-11, right, flying in. And they were showing how some of the footage shows that the wings went behind buildings they were supposed to be flying in front of. And it was really really bizarre where you're looking at that and you're going well that doesn't happen in nature and so i don't know what technology they have i mean i've always been told the military is at least 20 30 years ahead of what we can do and if that's the case i mean what's not possible yeah i mean that and that's that is true in the sense that was that light no, yeah, that that was fine. That was fine. Okay. I, <laughs> judging by the conversation we had before we went to record, I was thinking, okay, don't bring up some of the things I was saying. But uh, <laughs> no, no, no. Like, I mean, that's uh, top we secret. Could go for years on that, I promise. But yeah, yeah, no. But I, I mean, and and it 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 is interesting uh, because I've said this before in the show as well. I was doing a delivery one t- one time to a casket place. This guy owned a, like a casket company, and I was talking to the owner, an old man, and. Uh, and he told me he was an engineer for the military back in the 60s. And he told me the technology we have today that people are using, they had back then. He was working on it back then. And so it, it, it clearly is evident to me that our government does have technology that is just not available to us that it would be considered sci-fi. But, uh, you know, 100%. and, and I, I'm not even knocking them for it because it, it, if they have that kind of tech and stuff, I... I, I you know, I, I can kind of cozy up in my covers at night and feel a little safer, you know? <laughs> so, I mean, that's true. I, I say that tongue in cheek, but still, you know, so yes. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, it's, it's very interesting. And uh, the UFO you and your sister saw, now you said you had uh, a couple of experiences. Is there anything else you wanted to share that you experienced with her? Yeah. So, well, not necessarily with her. Um, I think the clearest UFO that I've ever seen was, was I was on my way back from college. Uh, I just finished up classes. It was September. And 
I was on my way home and, and the college that I was attending was, I don't know, 20, 25 minute drive from where my folks lived. And I was first couple of years of college. I lived with them just to cut costs down and I saw this, what I initially thought was a star, except for I'm pretty good at constellations, things in the sky. You know, I'm fairly familiar with where I'm at on the planet as far as star positioning. And this wasn't a star that I was familiar with at all. And so I kept watching it. I was like, man, that's really weird. Man, that's kind of bizarre. And I'm watching it through my whole 25-minute drive home. And I finally get home and I'm like, man, that's, it didn't move like at all. Nothing. And it's not a star. And so I get my dad and I was like, Hey, pop, what do you, what do you think about that? What is that? He goes, huh? I don't know, son. And then we get my mom out there and she's looking at it and we're kind of scratching our heads. We get binoculars and we take a closer look with it. And it's diamond shaped, faceted and diamond shaped. Um, and it's just anchored there. Um, I don't know a better way to describe it than anchored. It was anchored. It didn't move. And because of the positioning of the sun, you were able to see it. As soon as the sun went behind the ridge, it was it was gone. It just vanished. But it was always there. Wow. You know, sometimes hearing stories like that makes me feel like we're living in a simulation. You know, like... I swear. For sure. Yeah. <laughs> we're, we're just digital beings in some kind of simulation. <laughs> and and sometimes the simulation has a pixel broken or something like that, you know? I agree. Yeah. it's It was just really random. I saw something similar to that several years later with my brother-in-law. We were sitting on my front porch where I currently reside. We were looking south. And there was this really bright thing in the sky. And we're just sitting out there and I go, watch, that's going to vanish when the sun goes down. And I don't know how I knew that, but I knew it. It was like a, a witness one of those things where you just know something is going to happen. And as soon as the sun went down, vanished. It was the same kind of coincidence, the same kind of incident that it was when I saw it with my parents. And it was just really really weird it was so bright in the sky you couldn't ignore it but it wasn't it wasn't a star just vanished and that is the x-files friends that is the x-files right right there (laughs) right so uh let's yeah Let's uh let's transition the conversation then since we're uh, looking to the sky and talking about things that are in the sky or maybe coming from the sky. Uh you have some experiences with angels. How how does this all work out for you? Oh yeah, that's uh that's fun because when I was in high school, now high school is tough for everybody. Everybody's trying to figure out who you are, what you want to do or who your friends are, if you can trust them and girlfriends and boyfriends and you know, what have you. There's just so much going on and hormones are raging. It's a tumultuous time to say the least. Uh, I had a, I had a patch where I really wasn't digging living too much. And so this kind of goes into challenging God too. So I was having a rough night and I remember I was just, I was in my bed and I was just, I was just crying. 
and like sad and what was me looking back i was like ah you know it wasn't that bad but at the time you feel like it's you know the world's ending or whatever and i challenged god i said you know i'm just i'm tired of this life i i want you to strike me with lightning i, I just i'm done i want you to just do it kill me with lightning do it i challenged you and uh and i did i challenged him the next day my buddy and I, we ended up going to a, uh, one of the, the local fairs here and walk out on the midway, which is where like the rides and some of the, the food stands are and the, the carnies are trying to huckster you in. And we're walking and all of a sudden, and I had long hair at the time, all of a sudden, as the storm's coming in, my hair just sends straight up on end, all of it. And long hair, like to, to the middle of my back, you know, I used to, used to plant a lot of bands and, and whatnot. And it was just straight up. Now, nobody else is having that reaction. And my buddy's like, Hey, maybe we should leave. <laughs> and I was like, talk about a challenge answered. I'm out. Yeah. So we bounced. Man, if 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 there were cell phones back then, man, that would have been a great selfie. Oh man. I mean it was it was something else. I it was and yeah, I mean, you could talk a lot about answer to prayers, but it wasn't a prayer, it was a challenge and I laid it down and I got handled. <laughs> I got answered. And I was like, okay, well, huh. Maybe it's not as bad as I thought, and maybe I need to look at some of my perspectives better. And along with that, um, not not challenging God, but still having a couple rough spots in high school, um, praying one night, just praying hard. I, it's hard to describe. I didn't see an angel per se. I didn't, not in my, not my vision, but kind of, I don't, it's really hard to put a perspective on it because I, I was praying and I wanted, I wanted help. I wanted relief. And there was a being that appeared over me. And if I couldn't see it physically, at least I felt it and kind of saw it mentally. <laughs> I'm not really sure how to describe it because it was, it was so encompassing and it was just this overwhelming love and terror. And it was everything I needed to get through that moment. And then some, and it changed me. I mean, it literally changed me. You know, moments like that in life are needed for people, man. It really is like uh, you don't you don't always uh, expect these things to happen, but when they happen, it, it can be life altering. And it was, it was absolutely life altering. And I had a very similar experience when I had moved out to New Jersey because I was I was in love and I was smitten, and uh, my wife's looking at me and she's like, "Yeah, you were." <laughs> <laughs> and and she was you know she was doing 
her schooling out there. And I was having a tough time because I had never been away from home. I had never been away from friends and family because I had grown up in the same town around my friends and my family forever as far as I was concerned. And I was having a rough time. And I was, I was one night I was just praying, praying and praying and praying and praying. And I just, that same being, what have you, I, I don't know. I mean, it, it, the only thing that comes to mind is an angel that kind of presented itself again. And that same feeling of, listen, stop. Everything is going to be okay. Everything's fine. I got you. Kind of a feeling. And I was like, oh. changed again. So I don't have the luxury of, of saying I, you know, I can't believe in an afterlife. I know there is one. <laughs> like there's, there's no doubt. There's just too many experiences and too many other things that have gone on. And then those, those interventions where a spiritual being literally just kind of reached out and touched me and shook me to my core. I'm like, well, there's more to do. So I better knuckle down and get after it. And from that point on, life has been smooth. I didn't say that. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted, I oh, wanted no. a happy Christmas ending. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> I wish. Uh, no, I mean, it's it's been a it's been a, an amazing experience, both of those, and in reflecting on them as we're talking, I'm. There's a there's a piece about it that I can't I can't explain. I, and I I don't know how to. I mean I when I was a kid, we were always told that every everybody gets a guardian angel, you know. And I don't I don't know if that's necessarily true. I believe it is, but I, you know how do you prove that? But I did. I prayed as a kid. I prayed hard for a couple weeks straight. Because I wanted to know my guardian angel's name. I wanted to know it. And I prayed and I prayed and I prayed. And all of a sudden, you know how you were you were talking before we started recording about how you like you heard the voice of God. Like you knew this is what you needed to do. Yeah. And it was a whisper in my ear and it just said, Mary. And it was I was I was loading the dishwasher. I wasn't doing anything important at all loading the dishwasher and i just heard this whisper in my left ear mary and i'm like boom oh and i knew exactly what it meant like i didn't have to connect the dots because the dots were right there so i couldn't i couldn't dissuade that i couldn't say oh well that's just arbitrary no i've been trying to know my guardian angel's name for a couple of weeks and all of a sudden out of nowhere i know it and i don't know if, if those other two experiences were mary like sharing her love and her light i don't know but i know that it happened yeah you know uh with the guardian angel thing uh, i know that's a hotly debated topic when it comes to uh the quote-unquote christian circles uh you know they they want to you know debate are gar guardian angels real and things like that you you can say that the the sole purpose of not sole purpose, but one of the purposes of angels is to serve and protect humans because that is something that 
pops up in examples throughout the Bible, and uh, it was it, it said as much. But um, I just did a quick search, and I, I can't remember the context of this this verse. But I, I will say that in Acts twelve verse fifteen, it says, uh, in, starting in verse fifteen, fifteen, it says, "You're out of your mind." They told her. Uh, when she kept insisting that it was so, they said, it must be his angel. So, uh, you know, there, there's a lot of different um, scriptures that point to the fact that there's direct human angel interaction for the benefit of that person. And uh, yes, just in that one quote of five words, it must be his angel. It gives a very, uh, very... Uh, it gives ownership almost, you know, it's like, that's that person's angel, you know? Right. So, yeah. It's completely associative. Yes. Yeah. It's not, it's not like true. it must be an angel, which happens all the time throughout scripture that this was, it must be his angel. His. And, um, interesting. And, and I, I honestly don't remember the context of this cause I just literally just typed it in the, the duck, duck, go people. Duck, duck, oh, no. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> the, the DGG. Yeah. Yeah. But, exactly. um, <laughs> but it's interesting. And it's something that'd be fun to maybe dive into one day and just kind of, uh, for my own, everybody's own personal benefit. If you're interested in this stuff, dive into it and just look for examples in, in that, that arena of where angels specifically come to help people. You know, like we have the, um, well, I mean, when, when Mary, you know, was pregnant with Jesus, an angel visited her to talk to her about it. Then that angel went and talked to right. Joseph. Uh, same thing with uh, John the Baptist when his mom yeah, got his pregnant mom. with him. Yep. Angel, you know, like angels are yes, messengers. Sir. Angels do interact with people. And so it, it's, to me, it's not far-fetched to believe that uh, there are, if the very least, that there would be angels that are that are tasked with looking out for people. Uh, but if you're going to say that, yes. is it really too far of a stretch to say that there could be angels tasked to look out for specific people? I don't think so. There, there's, there's, I don't think so either. According to the Bible, it, it describes there's countless angels. <laughs> and so, the heaven, the heavenly mean, host, man. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it, like, you know, if you want to talk about a squad, angels got a squad, you know? <laughs> so, oh, for sure. The host, man. That's the, yeah. the whole deal. My wife's grandpa was actually pulled off of a work site. Like he had passed out and he swears that an angel pulled him off of the, the tracks that he was working on or he would have been dead. Uh, it just the divine intervention is a thing. It's, it exists. I absolutely believe it. I have uh, experienced things in my life. You've experienced things in your life. Uh, we have people that have shared testimony on this show. I've had people share testimony to me personally in my own life, like my grandfather before he died, his experiences with angels. And so uh, at least for me and my perspective, I absolutely agree with you 100%. Yeah, man. Yeah. Okay, let's take a break for our sponsor today, which is HelloFresh. HelloFresh to the hello goodness. This holiday season, you can't go wrong getting involved with HelloFresh. It saves you a lot of time on the schedule. And yeah, I know we're creeping up on 
the holiday season with Christmas right around the corner. But let me tell you, friends, HelloFresh is good 24-7, 365. They got jam-packed, flavorful recipes. You want variety? They got over 35 recipes available to choose from every week. Not every month, not every year, not every quarter, every week. You have 35 recipes to choose from. And if you are busy, like everybody is, you're traveling for the holidays, you travel for work, the kids got you bouncing around and stuff, and you need to change your schedule, it's okay because they got an app and it's very easy to use. You can change your delivery day, your address in just a few clicks. All that is available to you through the convenience of HelloFresh. Go to HelloFresh.com slash Confessionals18 and use code Confessionals18 for 18 free meals plus free shipping. Go to HelloFresh.com slash Confessionals18 and use code Confessionals18 for 18 free meals plus free shipping. Get that goody-goody yum-yum on today. Well, before we get out of here, though, I want to bring in one more topic of conversation that has nothing to do with Christmas, has nothing to do with angels, nothing to do with Santa, ghosts, anything like that. <laughs> Maybe a little bit of UFO activity, but uh, listen, man, cattle mutilations... Okay, I had just released an episode, I think, in July of 2021, where I talked to a lady that had experiences with cattle mutilations. Uh, what is your experience with cattle mutilations? Uh, some buddies of mine and I had, had gone up to go camping, and we live not too far from the San Luis Valley, which is fairly notorious for, for cattle mutilations and UFO sightings. And we had taken a camp spot that was larger than we needed but it was available so we just grabbed it and a lot of places in colorado you don't have to reserve it you don't have to have anybody's permit to get in there you just it's open you just set up camp and you call it good so we did that and it was me and six six other friends and my brother we set up camp and we're we're hanging out Everything's good. Go to sleep that night. And the next morning we wake up. Everything is routine. Have breakfast. And the rest of the day, we're just kind of hanging out. And this bus comes up. And it's a big, big bus. It's from Texas, which is not out of the realm of normal at all. Because during the summer, there's, I mean, Texans come up to Colorado camp all the time and fish and what have you. And this big bus comes up. And they kind of look at our camping spot and they don't say anything to us. They just kind of eye it like, man, you guys don't need that much space. And to be honest, we didn't, but we were already there. We're not going to tear down, you know, I mean, we're already there. So you guys got to go find someplace else. And so they go down the road and they come back about 25, 30 minutes later. And the guy rolls down the window and he goes, Hey, just for what it's worth, we just saw a bear out, you know, down the hill and, just be, just be alert, which is cool. I mean, that was a nice heads up. And he rolls up the window and he goes on his way. Well, us being young and dumb, we're like, yeah, yeah, let's grab our, you know, knives and like load up in the back of a truck and we'll go, let's go see this bear. We start driving and it's a mile within our campsite. And I notice on the tree line, there's these three dead cattle. And I point out to my buddies, like, hey, that's kind of weird. And they're like, yeah, that, that is kind of weird. Well, let's, let's go 
see what's up with those cattle. We pull up and the smell hits you first. I've smelled a lot of dead animals. This didn't smell like any dead animal I've ever smelled. And we start looking at it and there's no blood. There's no insects. There's appendages that have been removed with surgical precision. Sex organs are also removed. And the smell finally gets to us. So we actually roll back to camp, get like bandanas and or shirts to put over our face and like spraying with cologne to go back. And we take a bunch of pictures. Um, the only camera we had was a Polaroid. So I, I still have those if, if you want them more than happy to take pictures of them and yeah. send them to send them your way. So Please. you can upload them to your site or whatever. But, um, the smell was just, it was so weird. Um, it's still like, it still kind of weirds me out just on the, the sheer fact that I couldn't eat beef for several months after that. And I, again, I've smelled dead animals. It's not a, not a pleasant thing ever, but this was just different. It was accurate. It was really, really terrible. But again, no blood, no insects, things removed surgically. And then we found another one that was inside the forest, inside the tree line by 20, probably another 20 yards, 60 feet or so. And then another one that was in a bush that was adjacent to that as well. And then we found two more. So seven total, all of them pretty much the same thing. And one of the interesting things too about that kind of mutilation is that the eyes are calm. Like when, when an animal dies, right? If they're, if they're in fear or something, their eyes dilate. Well, this, none of their eyes were dilated. In fact, what was also weird is that none of the insects were eating the eyes because that's the first thing to go. And totally fine. Nothing. Nothing was touching this. No scavengers, no coyotes, no, um, if there were wolves in the area, no wolves, nothing. And so we, we took pictures and we're kind of like loopy, to be honest with you. A lot of my, a lot of my buddies kind of hit that, uh, that realm of just hysteria because they were just laughing because they, didn't know what else to do with it and we got back to the campsite talked about it for hours and then my buddy had the audacity we're going we're getting ready to go to sleep and my buddy had the audacity to go be like hey what happens if whatever did that comes back tonight and does that to us and i'm like shut your mouth dude. Oh. stop just stop just stop we don't need that <laughs> i was like stop man like because it's and then, and then I did a, a bit of research as far as I could research the subject. And this was back in 2001, I believe, when we saw this. And so I did as much research as I could on the, on what the internet was at that point and realized that this has been going on since time of memoriam. It, it's been an account for hundreds of years. And the bizarre thing is if, if it's human beings, the technology that we have has become so much better now than it was 50 years ago, than it was 100 years ago, than it was 200 years ago. So if this is still the same thing, why is it all the same and not change? Because you would imagine if, you know, if they're 
if they're doing some weird satanic cult stuff for hundreds of years, I don't know. I'd lose interest. Maybe somebody else wouldn't, but it's just, it's bizarre in the extreme and, and to not have blood, no tire tracks around any of the, any of the areas. Now, to be fair, there were a couple areas that you could say you could drop it off of a truck. You could have, but there were several you couldn't get to unless you were hiking back to them. And to have surgical precision removals of appendages and sex organs, no blood, nothing would touch it. And the smell was just so different and bad. I don't know, man. It was bizarre in the extreme. I, I, it's the weirdest thing I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, I mean, it sounds like it. I mean, uh, cattle mutilations, just mutilations of animals and stuff in general are are very bizarre in their nature and how they're done. Uh, and when you see all that stuff, and listen, wait, where you saw those things, ha- you know, those cattle and stuff, do you think that that bus went through that area as well? Yeah, oh, for sure. Yeah, because it, it went through there and then came back through, you know, 25 minutes later. Uh, warning us of bears and we actually did see bears but that was easily trumped by what else we found it was it possible that they could have seen it too uh i don't know if they would have raised the red flag on it or not i don't think there's any way they didn't see the cattle on the tree line because it was i mean pretty blatant from the from the dirt road we were on which is why i saw it you know it was like oh that's kind of weird but I, I don't think that they made the trip down there to look at it or, or not. And the cattle. All right. So it, the, 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 the bus, the, the tour bus or what, like when you say bus, I think tour bus, was it a tour bus or was it like an RV? No, it was like a big school bus. It was, I think it was actually at like a, a church retreat bus, um, up from Texas because just to come up and camp like a, like a kid's youth group bus or something. Okay. It was it was big enough where you're going to have like 30 40 kids on it. So, I mean, we're not talking about like a blacked out bus that could have been some No, <laughs> no. Nothing crazy nothing stuff. like that. No. Okay. No, no special forces dropping in there working out <laughs> some McDonald's hamburgers. No. Yeah. <laughs> like they 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 mutilate the cattle and they go back to you guys and like, "Hey, there's bears down there, so you may not want to go down there." You know. So. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was it wasn't like that. I don't eh. They wouldn't have had the time, even if that was them, to be able to go down there and do that. You know, it makes you I mean, wonder. Drain a, go ahead. I'm sorry. Oh, I was just going to say to drain a cow out of blood, like it's an entire body where there's no, no blood on the ground or anything. And to do that to seven of them, that's going to take some time. I mean, dude, that's a, that's an undertaking. But no pun intended. There, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man <laughs> but uh it, it all right so is it really though something that takes a lot of time i mean so if you talk about these mutilations i mean what goes hand in hand with that i mean people talk about it being extraterrestrial now do we know no we don't know could it be you know some special force government agency that does weird things possible you know but Let's just say it's alien, right? Well, sure. What else do we have evidence that that shows proof that aliens have been around in an area? Crop circles. 
and crop circles pop yes, up within minutes. Uh, we we did a crop circle show not too long ago, and uh, they were yes, talking about how. Awesome. Thank you. They're talking about how you know the crop circles literally popped up within you know i think he said what was it 30 minutes not even yeah uh, yeah it was like minutes tens of minutes yeah like they, they walked they walked away to get something they came back and they were there so and those things are intricate extremely intricate so if that can be possible yes. maybe draining the cattle's blood and doing all that stuff could happen almost instantaneously as well it's absolutely a possibility but i don't believe that that would be a human technology that would be able to do or at least not something that we know of and if our technology is constantly evolving which seems to be the case i i don't know how you would how you would do that right especially if it's the same the same process and the same methodology that's been going on for several hundred years yeah that, that makes you feel like the the mutilations going on for several hundred years it makes you feel like okay it's probably not humans so <laughs> Uh, I mean, I, but I, I'm not ruling it out. I just don't know how that would be possible. And, and like, you make a very good point. I have no idea how long it would take to drain an animal out if you know what you're doing or have the technology to do it. It could be seconds and it's just done. But the placement yeah. where they were at, like, I mean, I even called the, the Bureau of Land Management, right? And the Department of Wildlife just to let them know that this was a, a thing. And that we found several cattle. And so if you're, if you're looking at a, at a cow, I mean, it's anywhere from $1,500 to 2000 a head. So somebody got 14 grand. I, w- I would want to know if that was me, I would be not happy about it, but I would want to know. And when I called them, they're like, Hey, listen, sometimes cattle eat hemlock and they die. And I'm like, is hemlock going to remove a whole arm, <laughs> a whole hoof? Is that like, yeah. And and take the sex organs too and, and the blood. I, I don't know. I mean hemlock could be a rough, rough plant, but I don't think it's gonna do that. So I I don't know. I I'd, I'd still scratch my head at that. I don't have the answers at all, but it was a for sure bizarre occurrence and nobody wanted in the government nobody wanted to deal with it or talk about it. They just didn't. They didn't want to bother themselves. I did, however, ask a, uh, so I had a, I had a buddy who was a, a psychic, like a legit, this dude knew stuff he shouldn't probably know. And I asked him cause he's the most experienced hunter I've ever, I've ever had the privilege of meeting. He'd been to Africa several times. He's been on safari. Like he just, he lived to hunt. He knew animals and he's like, well, it doesn't make any sense. When I showed him the pictures, I said, what do you mean? He said, well, if you're, if you're poaching, you would shoot one and you would immediately take the back straps because it's the most accessible meat and it's the best meat on the animal. You wouldn't be able to drop three in a row like that, let alone seven arbitrarily. And you would certainly have blood all over the site. And he was looking at the photos. He goes, and by, he goes this is how articulate this guy was. He was looking at the photos. I'm judging it's late summer. And so they might've been pregnant. And I was like, oh, I don't know. I hadn't even thought about that. Like, well, possibly. He said, but that that's not hemlock. And and I said, so what do you believe it was? And he goes, I'm not gonna talk about that. And ah. he just dropped it off a cliff. Yeah, he just dropped it off a cliff. I was like, come on, man. Some Joe Biden. Come on, man. 
Come on, man. <laughs> wow, what a downer, man. What a downer. I'm not going to talk about it. We need to talk sad. about it. You already did. Talk about it. But more. he did. It, right? He just dropped it, though. But it was it was a very just weird thing, man. And I I still have those pictures. I break them out every now and then when the prophet comes up amongst some people that are a little more open-minded to to things. And I mean, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? I don't know, but <laughs> it's interesting. And I'm glad you shared it, man. I really am. I mean, that that's, uh, mm, I want to see the pictures though. So please, I mean, if you, I mean, if you have to take pictures of the picture, that's fine. But what would be best if you had like a scanner and you could scan it on your computer, then send it to me. That'd be, that'd be perfect. Okay. I, I can do that too. Sounds good, man. Yeah. Do that for me. And when you send them over in the email, I'll save them and I'll post them with this show. But, uh, dude, listen, I appreciate you coming on the show and just chatting with me. Uh, anything from Santa to angels to, uh, cattle mutilations, we covered it all on this Christmas day. And, uh, as people drive to family and, and spend time with their folks and exchange presents and drink a lot of eggnog, hopefully we gave them some to something to ride along with in the car. And just mute, yeah. Hopefully they muted the part where we talked about Santa a little bit, you know, for the kids. But you know, <laughs> right? We gave him warning, absolutely. <laughs> I, and I don't think we we went too bad on that anyway. No, but uh, it definitely could uh, spoil Christmas for some kids. So hopefully, hopefully we didn't. But Merry Christmas, everybody! So. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's the show, everybody. I really hope you enjoyed it. If you did enjoy it, please share the show with your friends. I don't care where or how you share the show. Just share the show if you enjoyed it. That's the best thing you can do to help the show grow. Share the show. All right, friends. If you don't hear from me again this week, Merry Christmas. I hope you guys have a great time with your friends and family. Take care. Stay safe. And remember, the truth will set you free, but first it'll piss you off. Bye. Get it poppin', I have pills that can me, how can they pan me? Too
but it's on the foot You start in the darkness, it's just premature My colors go deeper than Abraham Vines crack up from source from the cherubim Lies on me like wings from a seraphim